Welcome to the Nutrition-ish Podcast, the place for all things nutrition and mindfulness. We are passionate about guiding you to make peace with food and empower your body and brain. I'm one of your hosts, Allie Hobson. I'm an NTP, Nutritional Therapy Practitioner in San Diego. I work with individuals to assess personal nutritional deficiencies and imbalances by addressing the root cause of any health issue. In my private practice, I focus on women's hormones, gut health, and thyroid dysfunction. Let's meet my co-host. I'm Chelsea Gross, a certified transformational nutrition coach based in Los Angeles. I work one-on-one with women who are ready to break free from dieting, make peace with food, and create a life they love filled with energy, self-love, and freedom from rules and obsession. I'm also the creator of the ebook, Break Free from Disordered Eating. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is intended to be informative and entertaining and should not replace medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. We are so excited you're here. Let's get to the episode. You're listening to episode four of the Nutrition-ish podcast. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> was that was that not good? <laughs> Every episode, hi. <laughs> it's like we've already been chatting for like a little bit, so it's like, do we just pretend that we're you know jumping on here and like introducing a podcast, or we just keep chatting? It's more natural for Chelsea and I just to keep going, as you could tell. <laughs> as you can tell, we're super not awkward. Uh, yeah, <laughs> totally normal. Exactly. So yeah. Because I know you're doing great, and um, you don't really, I don't want to ask you, like, hey, how are you? (laughs) I'm going to ask you a question instead, assuming that everything's just awesome and you're fantastic. Okay, Okay, so my question for you is, while you're cooking, because I know that you do even meal prep for clients, which I also think is just a very interesting, fun thing that I would love for you to chat more about. Um, but anyways, that's a tangent. So while you're cooking and doing stuff in the kitchen, are you like multitasking? Are you doing other things? What do you, what exactly are you doing in there? I am always multitasking and I'm always listening to something, which is a goal of mine to start having a little bit more quiet time. Because to be honest with you guys, the second I wake up, I go and brush my teeth and wash my face and get ready for the day, I'm already listening to a podcast. So by the time the first hour of the day is over, I already consumed an hour of an informative podcast show. <laughs> but when I cook lately, so I go back and forth. I like watching things on YouTube. I am like a YouTube-obsessed person person. (laughs) There's not a name for that. Um, But uh, Scott and I got rid of our cable a little over a year ago, like a year and a half ago. So I've had to find a lot of things to watch on YouTube. And I like watching vlogs. So I really like this girl, Sarah's Day. I've talked about her before. I'm obsessed with her. She's this, she actually, she kind of looks like you a little bit. Allie. She's like this little cute blonde <laughs> and she's also, but she's Australian I've always and pictured she's myself been vlogging. Well, I would love to have an Australian accent. I actually only like watching vlogs with foreigners. So British people or Australian yeah, people. Yeah, they just, there's something about an accent that makes them believable yet sexy at the same time. It doesn't matter what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. So she's been vlogging forever. She's like a fitness health YouTuber. And um, she's so cute. She's so fun. And she does these day in the life vlogs, shopping and cooking. And she does a lot of workout stuff too, which sometimes I fast forward. But um, (laughs) she's really fun. And then I also like watching the Inspiralized YouTube channel, which is the creator of the Inspiralizer, which I have, which spiralizes your veggies. How many times can I say that? And she actually has like a what I eat in the day and a bunch of recipe videos that I think are really fun. I like to watch people cooking while I'm cooking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then lately I've been listening to, so I'm late to the game of being obsessed with Gary Vee. Oh, I know. Like I don't, I am late to the game too. I, I know of him. So I am one foot in the game, but I have not Uh dove into getting in there really. Well, what do you yeah, think? so he has a he has an Ask Gary V YouTube channel, which I think he repurposes to a podcast as well. But I just watched a few episodes. Like he just had Tony Robbins on, and it's like <laughs> it's amazing. 
and um, a, f- a few other like really cool people. And he just he sort of interviews them. They talk about business mindset, all kinds of stuff, and then people call in. So regular people call in and ask questions. And I just think it's really cool and has definitely motivated me a little bit in the business area. So, so here's another a part two to my part one. While you're watching all these other things, <laughs> are you like, because the way that you and I both cook, I know we're not very like recipe focused and we kind of, yeah. and that's why I think one of the things that's hard for me is actually creating recipes is I'm like, oh, I don't really know how much of this I put in there. I just kind of did that. That's why I'm awful at baking. I don't like following directions. But so while you're doing all these other things and you're cooking, I'm assuming your food is turning out just fine. But is there anything like what is the worst thing that you've ever made? Or like messed up? Okay, well, so I messed up. So Allie just mentioned that I do meal prep. So actually, if you are an L.A. local and you're interested in custom meal prep, I do offer that. And I did one yesterday for a client of mine. So I make about like, I say I make about like 16 to 21 meals. So I do all, I design the menu, I shop, cook, clean, deliver. It's like a full service concierge type thing. Concierge. Concierge. You sound like Sean Connery. (laughs) Speaking of actions. I thought about just, you know, flowing with that. That oh, I just I just mumbled a little and I thought, you know what, let me go back and correct myself. Wait, can we take a moment to respect Sean Connery for a second? Do you love Sean Connery? People are gonna think I'm like literally just the weirdest. They're like, okay, first Ryan Seacrest. And now yeah. Sean Connery. But my like even my husband knows I have like a love for Sean Connery. Like I just I don't know something about him. I don't know. Well, are you attracted to him or in a weird way, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a that's another thing. That's a whole other thing. Anyways, moving on. That's yeah. That's something we'll unpack <laughs> later, maybe off <laughs> off the show. <laughs> um okay. So, so I did a so yeah, so it takes me a while because I I'm just in the kitchen forever. So, that went awesome. So, everything turned out wonderful. I delivered everything to her. I came back um, and then yesterday was actually Scott's, Scott's my fiance, Scott's birthday, but he was working. So that's why I was doing the meal prep and stuff yesterday and working as well. Uh, but I decided to make him a pizza for when he came home. So he was off work at nine and was going to be home fairly late. And I like to get in bed at like eight 30. <laughs> I'm such a grandma. And so, um, I have this, anyone that knows me knows I love the healing kitchen cookbook. I'm sure you've seen me talk about it before. Um, It's an AIP cookbook by Sarah Ballantyne and Elena from Grey's and Enthused. And they have a pizza recipe. So it's like a flatbread pizza and it's made with tapioca starch, cream of tartare, which didn't know what that was before I made this pizza. It's just like a powder. Uh, baking soda, coconut flour. It's really simple and it's so easy. You just make it all in one bowl and you flatten it and you bake it. So I was like, I'm going to make Scott a pizza that he has when he gets home. So I made it and then I used this like chicken burger and spinach and I also homemade the sauce, which is like a butternut squash beet. I don't know. It's great. And um, I put it in the oven on warm for him for when he would get home, but I, it was on warm for like two hours. (laughs) So I went to check on it when he said he was finally on his way home and it had completely dried out. Like the sauce was like, like evaporated (laughs) (laughs) and the crust was like crunchy. And so I practically cried because I felt really bad, but he came back and he said it was okay. He kind of ate around some of the crunchy (laughs) parts. Yeah. So that was a non-distracted error. Um, I'm pretty good at multitasking. I don't know. Have you ever had any big fails mm, in the kitchen? So many. Um, let's see. I think when I first started, so when I first started kind of cleaning up my diet a little bit, I was cutting out a lot of refined sugars, and I still like to bake a little bit, mostly for my husband. Or I mean, he's he's kind of like a sweet tooth person. He's gotten ten times better. Um, but I decided to make him blueberry muffins and I, again, don't really follow recipes very well. So my thought process was like, well, I'll just leave out the things that I don't need. Like there was no replacing. It was just, 
I just don't need this. <laughs> so I just didn't add sugar. And then I think I forgot to add the baking soda. Um, just, you know, minor detail. And so basically they kind of looked like the best way to say this is, is like is an inverted nipple. Like, I don't even know how to say it better. But, like, the top was, like, completely shrunken in. And I had worked really hard and, you know, made all these things. And he was going to bring them to, like, his family's, like, I don't know, some breakfast or brunch or something. And, you know, my husband and I have been together for a very long time. So we've been dating since high school. So his family knows me very well. And it wasn't like, oh, gosh, now I'm going to have to, like, make a whole new batch. I was like, whatever, I'm just going to bring them anyways. <laughs> so I brought these just, like, disgusting muffins. And I was like, I'm just trying something new. You know, they're they're not, like, sweet, you know, blueberry muffins. They've now become, I don't know, like, dinner scones slash inverted nipples. I don't know. But, yeah, so baking, yeah. not my thing. And that, that, I think that was, like, the most memorable because everybody – I was like, oh, remember that one time when you made those disgusting muffins that, like, weren't actually muffins? So I think that stuck with me. But, yeah, I messed stuff up quite a bit. I mean, just the other day. Um, so this is interesting. Um, with nut milk, if you – I prefer, I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> Here video. we go. Oh, the nut milk. That's in nut milk. <laughs> Our favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> so there's a brand called Malk, M-A-L-K. Oh, yeah. And I found it at Target. Surprisingly. What? Yes. Someone told me that they have it at Target, and I was like, stop. I've just never looked, because sometimes you don't look for stuff like that at places like Target, although Target also has the Veggie Noodle Company, which I really love talking, speaking about and spiralizing. They have, you know, veggie noodles mm-hmm. of all sorts. So anyways, um, the Malk doesn't have any gums at all, and so it's just sprouted. So anytime you soak or sprout a nut or a seed or anything, it kind of removes that phytic acid and helps it helps your body digest it better. So it's sprouted almond milk and it has just almond sea salt and I want to say that's it (laughs) and so I made it as my like bulletproof coffee and I did collagen and I did a little bit of butter and MCT and my decaf um, Swiss water process which is a clean way of filtering no methyl chloride for all you decaf drinkers Um, and it basically it turned into like this oh I don't even know it was like a creature of its own it was like floating on the top and I think the gum um, so Kara, um, Kara Halderman actually told me her little, um, Instagram is care about it. And she was like, oh, it's definitely because there's no gums and no fillers. And so the almond milk is just a totally different animal. And I was like, oh, good to know. Cause I thought I did something wrong. So I just drank it anyways. No big deal. I usually just eat whatever is did, gross. <laughs> did you shake the milk? I think so. I think First? so. Because that happens when I make my own milks. It always separates. It just was like, like extra. That is what the gums keep it together. Yeah. But then when I blend it, it's all usually okay. Yeah, this was not. I don't know what I did. Maybe it was a combination of when I added things or maybe the collagen like started to bind. <laughs> it was like a creature from the yeah. crypt. But it's okay. It still tasted good. Okay. Yeah, I love the milk too. Yeah. Aside from making milk. <laughs> milk. <laughs> I love they're like, you know what? What should we call this company? And they're like, I got it. Mouth. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, okay, so anyway, questions. Cool. Speaking of questions, this is our Oops. first episode that we are going to answer some listener questions. And I love this topic. A lot of the podcasts that I know Chelsea and I both really love stemmed from kind of people calling in, and it's so fun to be able to understand or kind of hear out what other people are experiencing. So we really, really encourage all you guys to write in your questions if you would like to do that or have something. You don't have to put your name if you don't want to. It can be totally anonymous. Um, We have a place on our website at Nutrition-ish Podcast under Submit Your Question or we both have it um, on our little link tree, which I'm also new to. Thank you, Chelsea, for that. She's like, girl, get on the link tree. (laughs) Um, so we both have, you know, places where you can find how to submit your questions super easy, or you can just leave it in a comment on the Nutrition-ish podcast um, Instagram. So my first question, actually, Chelsea, you're going to ask me the first question. You're going to read it. Yes. So our very first question of the Nutrition-ish podcast is from Penny. So Penny, this is exciting. 
So Penny said a little bit about Penny. She says she has a great attitude towards life, overindulges sometimes, needs to detox and be more diligent about what she eats. She says that she is on berberine and citrus and bergamot for high cholesterol. I also seem to be a worrier, so my blood pressure is higher than I'd like. I'm trying medication and I enjoy it, but don't make it a priority. Meditation. So we'll go meditation. back. Oh, I was going to say. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm trying medication. I enjoy it. No one likes medication. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's really what I meant to say. So she's, she's trying meditation and she enjoys it, but she doesn't make it a priority. So we're going to go back to a few of those things, but she has a few separate questions. So one of her first questions is, how much protein should I be eating? Should I be eating daily? And my answer to that is, yes, I have an answer, but I also don't have an answer because bio-individuality, everybody is a little bit different and your protein needs are going to be a little bit different depending on your lifestyle, um, depending on also like how much you work out. I think workouts tend to really kind of, you know, can drive how much protein you're, you're needing. But the answer is everybody needs a really good um, amount of protein and even more importantly the quality of protein is probably even more important to me than than how much you're getting um, generally sometimes I like to live in the camp or I think maybe some people believe that there should be kind of a 40 30 30 rule to your diet 40 percent being carbohydrates 30 percent being protein and 30 percent being fat uh, to be quite honest with you my fat intake is is much higher than my carbohydrate intake and I think you just have to kind of figure out you know what works for your body so those numbers are very flexible depending on who you are and how you feel best again how much you're working out Uh, but I think that a good kind of rule of thumb and Chelsea and I both kind of you know briefly said like what do you think about this question what are your thoughts and our answers are pretty similar in that you should be trying to get a good source of protein in every single meal that you're eating and it can look like a very different source of protein there's plant protein there's animal protein so kind of touching on that a little bit um, i'll get into that in a second but a good rule of thumb is anywhere from if you want to get scientific about it and you're someone who does count your macros i chelsea and i are both not those people i don't like to monitor how much i'm eating i really just like to kind of maybe take an overall bird's eye view of like oh what did i eat today or what did i eat yesterday and you know did i feel like i had a lot of energy did i not have a lot of energy and kind of go from it that way but 0.7 to maybe one gram of protein per pound that you weigh is kind of an okay rule of thumb if you're trying to kind of just wrap your head around you know, what, how much is even in or how much um, protein does my body personally need? I think you can kind of use that. And the, I mean, what proteins are, I wanted to touch a little bit on just what, what is a protein anyways? Um, And proteins, you've heard this word, um, probably amino acids and proteins are amino acids. So proteins are the building blocks of the body and our body uses like 50,000 different proteins to form um, organs, nerves, muscles, and flesh. So the proteins are building blocks. You can think of them as building blocks for your body. And some other things that proteins do in the body that are really important is uh, one of them, it helps stabilize blood sugar. So if you're someone who's not consuming a lot of protein, and you're consuming a lot of carbohydrates, and that could even be healthy carbohydrates too. So sugar is you know, found in, in healthy foods as well. It's good for you, yes, but you want that protein to kind of stabilize your blood sugar. So when you're eating food, your blood glucose is gonna increase with food, and then it decreases after you're done. That increases with food, and then it decreases. So that's a natural progression but your blood sugar shouldn't spike hugely when you eat food and it shouldn't drop drastically when you're not. So you wanna have a stabilized blood sugar throughout the day that's gonna help control your energy, your mood. Um, Another thing that protein is important for is your mental health. There are certain types of protein, like tryptophan is one that you might have heard when you have heard something like, you know, turkey will, after Thanksgiving, everyone's so tired because it's like, oh, well, it's because of the tryptophan. I mean, that there is some truth to that. It can tend to make you tryptophan a little bit tired, but um, the more important thing is it kind of, it interacts with different hormones in your body, like, um, you know, serotonin and GABA, like the happy kind of hormone. And so 
your mental health is really dependent on a good variety of amino acids. Another thing proteins are helpful for are producing enzymes. They act as catalysts and managers for so many different biochemical processes in the body. Um, another really huge one I think is hormones that we tend to, um, hormones are something that we tend to maybe all have some type of dysregulation at some point. And again, because of stress, all the things, but proteins help regulate your metabolism and they also help um, you know, regulate your hormones because hormones are made up of amino acids and fats. So just, that's just a little background of like why proteins are important. And I think in terms of how much you should be eating, again, it goes back to just seeing how you can include little bits of protein into your diet every single meal. Some really good sources of protein, as I mentioned, um, there's gonna be plant-based protein, which is like hemp protein is a good one. Uh, pea protein is another great source. I like to add protein into like my smoothies in the morning. So that's, you know, if you're not ready to eat meat in the morning, which I hear you, most people are not, um, and it doesn't sound good, I love using even collagen protein. So what collagen is, is again, a huge variety, a full profile of amino acids. And if you're using something like vital proteins or further food, um, we can link to those in the show notes. Those are some good collagen-based proteins. And collagen helps with your skin elasticity, hair, nails, and you can get, with two scoops, you get about 20 grams of protein. So I like to use that even in my hot drinks, and I kind of sometimes will like divide it. So I'll do one scoop in my tea or coffee, and then I'll do another scoop of collagen protein into my smoothie. And let's see, another, let's see, are there any, I guess I'll ask you, I know we're not huge into kind of like protein powders, but the only other mm -hmm. one that I really kind of think that I found that is clean is that ancient nutrition bone broth protein. The pure flavor doesn't have any natural flavors. I try and stay away from anything that says natural flavors. I, I think that Roots with a Z on the end, Roots Nutrition is pretty clean. It's got a lot of different ingredients, but I don't know. Do you have any favorites besides collagen? I mean, yeah, the bone broth protein is definitely my favorite. The If you're looking for a vegan protein, it's pretty clean. The Sun Warrior blend, that's what Scott uses. It's made, I believe, of pea, goji, and even there's one other factor of protein in it that I can't remember, but it's plant-based and it's fairly clean. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty good option. Um, but yeah, bone broth protein is my other go-to. Um, and the vital proteins collagen. Awesome. And let's see for, uh, food in terms of protein, I mean, think eggs, eggs have a huge amount of, you know, really good quality protein. Plus with the yolk, you're getting some choline, which is essential for, you know, again, neurological health. Um, any type of animal protein, I think that's when we talk about quality being so, so important because uh, Chelsea and I are not, you know, vegetarian by any means. We're kind of a huge proponent in eating good quality meats. And that's when it comes down to the difference of, you know, how are you going to be able to do this ethically and feel good about it and know that the quality of your food is going to be really um, healthy for your body. So grass-fed is huge, huge huge. So any type of grass-fed meat or type of protein is going to be that animal is pasture-raised, happy on a farm, eating so many different B vitamins and nutrients into the soil that then get transferred into your body. So I think it's really important for you to research and know where your meat is coming from. So grass-fed, pasture-raised is another thing to look for. And getting your B12, that is a huge um, essential you know, vitamin that your body really needs uh, to function for so many different reasons. So the B12 that comes from animal products is greatly different from the B12 that comes from plant food, for example. So if you're a vegetarian and you're eating a lot of things like lentils and black beans and, you know, higher protein foods as a vegetarian, it's just that you're going to have to eat 10 times more of that. But the other problem is it comes with carbohydrates at the same time. So you're consuming a lot more sugars than you might even be protein on a plant-based diet. So I'm not saying that plant-based diets are bad and I'm not saying that everyone should eat meat. Um, I, well, I guess I, I could say that I believe people should eat meat in, in small quantities that make you feel comfortable and that are good quality, humanely raised. But um, I think that kind of answers a lot of the protein 
questions, I believe. Do you have anything else to add? Yeah, really quickly, as you were talking a little bit about the differences between vegan, vegetarian protein and animal protein, if anyone just is interested in learning more about that and wants to put a little bit more like credibility and information behind their choice of choosing animal protein, Diana Rogers, she's Sustainable Dish on Instagram. I believe that's also her website. And I think she also has a podcast. Yes, the Sustainable Dish podcast and the Homegrown uh, Paleo podcast. She is an RD and an NTP. So she has great knowledge of like conventional and holistic health and nutrition. And she's even working on a documentary right now called Kale vs. Cow, which is just going to explore... um, like some of the stuff that a lot of like vegan documentaries and things like that come out against and show that it's not necessarily this whole like scary picture that's almost that's always almost almost always painted for us mm-hmm. in how animals are raised. Um, she, I believe, lives on a, a working farm and just is a really great research if you want, resource if you want to learn a little bit more about sustainably uh, raised animal protein because it's so different than what you. Um, it, it just can't be grouped together with CAFOs, which are the concentrated animal feeding operations that we see a lot of scary imagery about and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, and another really important source of protein that we I want to touch on too is fish. Um, there's Fish is so nutrient-rich. You want to look for wild versus farm-raised. I know that can get a little confusing because with animals, we're looking for pasture-raised, grass-fed, and so then when you see farm-raised you almost sort of link that together and think that's good. But farm-raised fish are often dyed pink to get that really beautiful pink color that you see in salmon. Um, They're often fed antibiotics. They're just, they have really poor conditions as well. So you want to stay away from farm-raised and you want to look for wild. And um, fish is just so high in omega-3s, which is super anti-inflammatory and um, just like a really, really great source of protein. If you're not necessarily an, a meat person, uh, you can get a lot of nutrient-rich protein from fish. Perfect. I love it. Okay. My question, or actually Penny's question next is, what are some good carbs? Yeah. So she also said, what are good carbs? So um, I just wanted to touch on that because I think we hear that a lot and we don't necessarily know what that means. And I think a lot of us were raised with the idea that whole grains, whole wheat, oatmeal, like that's, you know, rice, that's where you should be getting your sources of carbohydrates. And while I don't necessarily think that all grains are bad for you, I think that when we focus on carbohydrates, it should be coming from plants. So obviously with a focus on vegetables and then of course fruit as well. Um, but definitely primarily vegetables. So whether you are vegan, vegetarian, paleo, any diet, I think everyone shares that common belief that we should be filling our plates with plants. So we really all should come together more than be against each other because we all have that, that common belief. Um, when you looking, when you're looking at carbohydrates, you want to look at, do, does this carbohydrate carry nutrition? Does it have color? Does it have vitamins and minerals? Like that's how I uh, would classify good carbs. Um, it's just foods that carry nutri- nutrition. So when I look at vegetables, I think about non-starchy and starchy. So that's sort of is the way that I differentiate the two. So non-starchy would be your vegetables, like your greens, your cruciferous vegetables, which are like broccoli, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, that kind of stuff, Um, onion, garlic, peppers, eggplant, those would all be non-starchy vegetables that are rich in uh, insoluble fiber. And then your starchy carbohydrates are things that are actually starchy. So things like sweet potatoes, um, all different kinds of winter squash, like butternut squash, acorn squash, all that good stuff. And then root vegetables, um, so, you know, carrots and... um, what else? Like yucca root, taro root, even plantains, and then like insides of sweet potatoes and potatoes. So those are going to be more rich in soluble fiber. So it's important that we get a balance between insoluble and soluble fiber. When a lot of people start making the transition to a healthier way of eating, I feel like people kind of forget about the starchy carbs and focus a lot more on just all of the insoluble fiber and the non-starchy vegetables. 
But you really want to have a balance between the two, especially if you're someone who struggles with digestive issues. Anytime I have a client that has um, weak digestion as far as like constipation, irregularity, just difficult difficulty going to the bathroom, I always recommend they get more of that starchy, those insides of those vegetables, because those really help to um, like ease, they help to soften your bowels and ease your digestion and help to support irregularity and constipation and all that good stuff. And then insoluble fiber, more like the greens and those cruciferous vegetables, they can add bulk to your stool and also help give you just like good diversity of nutrition and then also help to feed your good gut bugs, which we touched on last week. They are rich in prebiotics, which feed your probiotics. So yeah, so when you're looking at carbs, does look at it. Does this have color? Does this have nutrition? Um, really focusing on getting a diversity of fruits and vegetables. Um, and also too, a good carb to me is something that contains fiber. Because like Allie was talking about with blood sugar, that's what's going to help to buffer some of that blood sugar response. Especially if you're eating something like fruit, I usually recommend that people pair fruit with a little bit of a healthy fat. So for example, if you're having an apple for a snack, could you pair it with a little bit of coconut butter or almond butter or something like that? That The fiber in the fruit, in addition to having it with a healthy fat, would help to slow down that blood sugar response so that you would just get a steady curve. Um... And then, yeah, just in general, like focusing on carbs that give you good energy, benefit digestion, your skin, your mood, and that's going to be those things with deep colors, um, greens, purples, reds, all that kind of stuff, just filling your plate with with great color. And, you know, if you're going to do something like a grain, um, looking at that kind of as a plus one, so not having that be like the majority of your meal, the majority of what you have on your plate, really filling your plate with a lot of great fresh or cooked vegetables, maybe some fruit, uh, great quality protein, good healthy fats. And then if you are going to add something like a grain, having a little bit of that, but not having that be the focus. Yeah, I think too. What do you think, girl? Well, I think the only thing I would add is just a note on pairing things with fat because I do the same thing. And another good reason for that is because your fat-soluble vitamins are vitamins A, D, E, and K. And those vitamins are greatly found in all of those vegetables that you just mentioned. So your body's going to be able to absorb them better when you're introducing a fat as well. So that was just a little side note. But Yes, that's such a good point. It's so funny to think back to the fat-free days. I mean, I know some people are still doing it, but I think about it not fondly mm-hmm. and like eating a huge salad with, I used to use like these one calorie spray dressings from, I don't remember what the brand was, from like a regular grocery store. It's just like ridiculous. They were basically just artificial ingredients and yeah, you're not absorbing all that great nutrition. Cool. So Penny's next question is antioxidants. What are the best source? Sure. There are many different sources of antioxidants and I don't necessarily know that there is a best source. I think it's like we talked about in probiotics uh, last week it's really important to diversify. So some of the most um, antioxidant-rich foods would be things like goji berries, wild blueberries, um, pecans, artichokes. Oh, do you say pecans or pecans? Side note. (laughs) I think I go back, let me see, pecans. No, pecans. (laughs) I feel like I don't know. (laughs) Okay, back to being serious. So I say, apparently I say pecans. So pecans, um, artichoke, elderberries, kidney beans, cranberries, blackberries, and even um, something like cilantro. So all of those are different antioxidants, but what kind of makes up an antioxidant are things like, um, you know, even vitamin C. So vitamin C can be found in things like oranges or um, surprisingly cilantro has a lot of vitamin C. Um, And then when we talk about Um, Actually, I'll touch on uh, polyphenols as also just another type of antioxidant. So as I mentioned, um, you know, like vitamin C is a type of antioxidant. Uh, Polyphenols are micronutrients and they have or they are found in two of my favorite foods ever, which is dark chocolate because cocoa um, is huge in antioxidants and uh, polyphenols and then also red wine. So red wine can be beneficial in small doses or the needed dose for you. And um, the thing I also wanted to talk about was antioxidants and more of like a very heavy push when you're sick. So um, 
when you're dealing with the flu or you're dealing with any type of cold, you can really push or you'll probably hear a lot. It's like, oh, boost your antioxidants. It's like, what does that exactly mean? Um, Unfortunately, the way that our food is kind of grown and processed and delivered these days, even though it's organic, I mean, you're getting vitamin C from an orange. That is true. However, today versus a million years ago, you're not getting nearly as much vitamin C you know, barely at all. I mean, it's it's a kind of this thing we argue, right? But I, I think that you can greatly supplement if you're dealing with something more acute, like a sickness or a cold. So I wanted to just uh, list kind of some of my favorite things to do um, for sickness and even preventative. It's like if I'm thinking I'm feeling like a little bit off, I'll start to kind of do this huge push um, to boost my immune system because what antioxidants do is they boost your immune system. And so my favorites are, one of them I already mentioned, elderberries. Um, Another one are um, a zinc, uh, vitamin D. Uh, Colloidal silver is probably like the magic, magic ingredient to my arsenal of healing. And colloidal silver, um, you want to get the the brand that I use is... um, called sovereign silver and it's basically hydrolyzed silver meaning that the particles are really really tiny and it's a spray so i use the spray so any sore throat i've ever had in the past you know and started using colloidal silver it's gone away with honestly like within 48 hours it's just like gone so it's a spray you can spray in the back of your throat and another thing i like to use is oil of oregano it's super anti antimicrobial and antiviral. Turmeric is awesome for reducing inflammation because inflammation puts a stress on the body. A stress on the body suppresses your immune system. And then another thing that is totally disgusting, I don't know if you've tried this or done this, but uh, garlic and honey. So if you're taking a raw garlic clove and you crush it, you have to wait about 15 to 30 seconds. The property uh, that is in garlic, the active ingredient is called allicin not spelled like my actual real name, but it's, uh, I think it's A-L-I, maybe there's two L's, I don't know, with a C. So Allison is how you say it. And that activates and that's acting as the super antibacterial property. And then the honey, honey is also super antibacterial, antiviral, but it also makes it taste less disgusting. So I'll take a spoonful of crushed garlic, let it sit on your spoon for like 15 seconds, and then add a bunch of honey to it. And you're gonna swallow it whole, it burns all the way down. It's not pleasant. It's not It's not fun, but it works. And you can do that a few times throughout the day if you're having just very like acute sickness. So I've done that. It works like magic. And those are my, my favorite little antioxidant tricks. Do you have anything else that you like to add? I am definitely obsessed with elderberry as well. And there's a blend I get from Whole Foods that's elderberry syrup, raw honey, and apple cider vinegar. And I truly swear by it. Scott was sick like two weeks ago. And I was doing that many times throughout the day. And I didn't get it. Knock on wood. I also was doing On Guard, which is a blend by doTERRA. It's an essential oil blend that has cinnamon, clove, and a few other things in it. Um, cinnamon and clove also are high in antioxidants and it's basically like a Tylenol in an essential oil. And so I don't recommend this to everyone who may be sensitive, but I will put it directly into my mouth. (laughs) It burns for sure. I did that and the elderberry syrup and I feel like that really keeps my immune system pretty strong. So And um, I really quickly just wanted to touch on a few other things that you mentioned, Penny. And again, I this isn't to say this is necessarily where your mindset is at, but I think some other people may resonate from this. Um, you mentioned a few things just kind of in the terminology of your, you know, two second uh, question saying, you know, you need to detox or that you wish you were more diligent about what you eat or that you overindulge sometimes. And I just want to reiterate the fact or just kind of bring your attention to why do you feel that way? Is there outside information that you're absorbing that makes you feel like you don't, you know, you're eating too much, you're overindulging too much, or you need to detox because you see people promoting, you know, detox teas and quick programs and things like that. Um, 
on the note of detoxification, our bodies naturally detox. Like they are meant to detox. That's what they do. Um, there's definitely a lot of things that you can do to help your system detoxify better. And if you're going through health issues or you have chronic disease or autoimmunity or things like that, you may absolutely need additional support. Um, but there's a lot of gentle things you can do every day that are, you know, easy to incorporate, like drinking enough water, um, eating enough greens, eating things like cruciferous vegetables, which are good for your liver health, watching your sugar intake, stuff like that. Um, not everyone needs to go on some huge detox, you know, um, like some week long or some juice cleanse or anything like that. Um, you can just support your body every day. And then on the note of needing to be more diligent on what you eat or just judging yourself for overindulging, like I said, be really careful of some of the content that you're taking in. I always tell my clients this careful of like the social media that you're taking in or if you're reading magazines or like watching TV or whatever just be careful of a lot of outside noise and stay very focused on what you're doing because everyone is different and diet you know the diet industry is this multi-kajillion dollar industry and so they sort of feed off of our insecurities they make us feel less than they make us feel like we're we're overindulging or we need to diet or we need to eat less or move more whatever it is so just bring yourself back into reality just like focus on treating yourself really well being kind to yourself eating real whole foods that's enough um our bodies hear everything that we're saying to them. So even be careful of like the terminology and the lingo. Just, you know, if you're saying, oh, I wish I was better eating less or like, oh, I've overindulged, just beating up on yourself and being hard on yourself is really counterproductive. Um, often when we eat less or we work out more, that actually has the, that can often have the opposite effect. So just be really, really kind to yourself. If you do ever feel like you overindulge or you eat too much or you fall off the wagon, which I don't like that term, every day, every moment, every meal, it's just a time to just pick back up with what you're doing. Drink some water, go on a walk, have, have some greens, like have some foods with antioxidants in them, you know, whatever it is, just gently get yourself back into the swing of things. Um, just overall, I feel like we really need to let go of all these rules and restriction and eating well should always come from a place of respect and self-love, not punishment. So I just wanted to touch on that because a lot of us are stuck in this good, bad cycle and we evaluate whether we're good or bad based on whether we've eaten good or bad or we fall off the wagon, we're on the wagon. So just be really careful about kind of the way that you describe your eating habits, you describe your relationship to food and your body, and just be a little bit kinder to yourself. You sound like you are in a great mindset of wanting to learn more about nutrition and take care of yourself. So just focus on that and um, don't worry so much about judging yourself. It's don't need to go there. Perfect. I totally, totally agree. Awesome. Our next question is from Rachel. And a little bit about Rachel. She says she really resonates with the healing slash loving mindset to health and wellness versus motivation from weight loss or a negative view of self. I've tried to focus on coming from a place of love and self-acceptance first in my own health journey. And it's, a, it's been a journey to even get to that. With that, I really have a fun, um, I really love integrating um, fun new routines into my life, um, whether that's with supplements, dietary refinements to evolve my self-care routine and continue to improve my diet and habits over time. I learned a lot of this through my yoga, wellness, spiritual practice, but also just with entering my 30s. Her supplements and uh, medication that she takes is she regularly takes prenatal vitamins, spirulina, Vitex B, vitamin complex, collagen, and kombucha. And she would like to know from us, she says, what is your, um, you know, can't live without supplements or any brands that you really love and are super excited about right now? You want me to answer first? Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying before Allie and I got on the call that I have been on so many healing protocols and I was just on this like six month protocol for Lyme and Bartonella disease and I was just taking so many supplements so 
I'm actually excited about the fact that I'm not taking a lot right now, <laughs> but I will tell you some of the things that I do use. Um, so I'm actually excited about two different Chinese herb blends, and these are more specific to me, but I work with an acupuncturist and um, she has me on a few things that are really helpful in supporting um, my liver health and also in supporting um, some stagnation and like blood flows, like stagnant blood flow um, in connection to my cycle and my period and my hormones. So I'm excited about those. And then I also take a chlorella and spirulina supplement. Um, well, I'll try to find the one that I take and link it. It's just from Amazon. I like that again for just gentle detox and that's great to support heavy metal detox if you suspect that could be an issue for you, which it is for a lot of people. Um, I also really like the supplement Trifala or Trifala. Um, this is an Ayurvedic, Ayurvedic blend. It's almost like a gentle laxative. It's not a laxative, um, but it's a blend of a bunch of different things that can help with regular irregularity and digestion. And um, if I ever feel like my digestion is super sluggish or um, it helps, I think, like tone and cleanse the bowels. Um, I really like that. I also like um, magnesium spray, so a magnesium supplement, or I use a magnesium spray that I picked up from Whole Foods. Magnesium is like the zen mineral so um it can be great for stress for sleep but also really beneficial for digestion so i actually will spray it directly onto my abdomen prior to bed and it helps me with sleep and it helps me with go to the bathroom the next day and then this isn't a supplement but i'm really into seaweed right now <laughs> um seaweed is super high in iodine um which is can be beneficial in conjunction with selenium for the thyroid um and uh, it's, you know, just like super, super nutrient rich. I love the brand Sea Snacks. And I usually rip up a few Nori sheets and put it into my salads. And then you guys have heard me talk a little bit about essential oils. I really love Digest Zen. It's a, I think I talked about it last week. It's a different blend of very soothing oils that helps with um, if you have bloating or um, gas or heartburn, anything like that. And then um, I also can't live without lavender. I have the roll-on bottle by doTERRA. It's blended with fractionated coconut oil, so it's great to use topically. I rub that onto my feet because we have really open pores on our feet, so it's, it's super easily absorbed and quickly absorbed when we put it on our feet. I do it on my feet, on my wrist, and on my neck before bed. It really helps me sleep. And I also cannot live without frankincense. Frankincense is like a master oil for so many different things, but it's specifically great for the skin, and I rub it onto my face every night. Perfect. <laughs> I love all of those things. A lot of them cool. I do as well. Um, but let's see. The things that I cannot live without. So again, I have been on a lot of different protocols kind of uh, recently as well. So I'm not necessarily doing a protocol right now. I'm more just kind of like supporting my body in all that it's been through. And I would really love to do an episode that we talk about all of the, you know, protocols and things and supplements specific for that because there are some things that I always do like for thyroid health um, with Hashimoto's. And then there are some things that I've done doing a SIBO protocol. And then there are some other things that I've done for hormones. So all in all, um, right now, I'm currently just kind of living in the center and not doing anything very specific um, per se, but I would say that my things that I can't live without, um, I'll start with supplements. I agree. I take magnesium at night before bed, which really, really helps me sleep. And there are different types of magnesium. There's magnesium glycinate, which is what I take there's magnesium citrate. So glycinate really does help kind of overall with sleep. And then the citrate helps more so. Um, it can help with constipation. It kind of helps with uh, just almost acting as not a, like you said, not a laxative, but it does help with that. It's a little bit more potent. Um, and then there's also magnesium threonate, which helps um, a little bit with anxiety. So some of my clients who are dealing with stress and anxiety, I'll have them take the magnesium threonate versus the magnesium glycinate. So if you're not really dealing with anything specific, but you want to give magnesium a try, I would say starting with the magnesium glycinate is going to be where you can start. There's the magnesium calm. I take one from Pure Encapsulations 
Um, but it just depends, you know, whether you like taking pills or, or not. Um, another thing that I always take is omega-3 because I love eating fish, but it's not uh, <laughs> practical for me to eat fish every single day. And with knowing what we do about certain fish with mercury, I am really careful about making sure that they're grass-fed, or not grass-fed, grass-fed fish, um, wild-caught fish, <laughs> uh, wild-caught fish. And um, something that I learned uh, kind of recently is the, the more heavy fish that are more mercury-prone are things like swordfish is one of them. Um, I think tuna was another one. Um, I usually stick to kind of wild-caught salmon really just because that's what I love the most anyways, but that's always a good source. So I take a magnesium, or sorry, a omega-3. Um, I also take prenatals. I've been taking prenatals for about like a year and a half maybe. And the reason for that is really because it's just a good whole source of a multivitamin, whether you're planning on getting pregnant or want to. And the reason I also like the prenatals is because it has a good amount of folate. And the, the one that I take is by Megafood. And Dr. Dog is an amazing uh, doctor who helped kind of formulate this brand. And it's also a whole food source, all the foods um, or nutrients come from fermented food, so it's really bioavailable to you, which is why I like that. And then collagen, I take collagen. Um, another thing that I do before every meal, if I'm not doing any type of digestive enzymes, which I'm not right now, or HCL, I've just been using apple cider vinegar to help kind of get your stomach a little bit more acidic before ingesting any food. So a tablespoon or two in water, I dilute it, and then I shoot it back, kind of like a shot. And one thing that I do for thyroid specifically, I would recommend anybody who has autoimmune, um, and I don't think this is necessarily geared towards just thyroid or Hashimoto's, but if you have an autoimmune disease that you're kind of managing, um, I think that glutathione, actually that would be a, another huge antioxidant to kind of piggyback on the antioxidant, but glutathione is an antioxidant that really helps support your immune system. I can't tell you how bad it tastes. I'm not going to lie. It tastes like the worst, like, glue sap stuck to the bottom of your shoe coming out of a tire. Like, it is bad. I'm not going <laughs> to. But you get used to it. It tastes awful. But um, I take it at night, and I just get used to it. I mean, there's nothing that really tastes all that awesome, except elderberry. Elderberry tastes really good. Um, but glutathione has been really helpful, especially if you're kind of trying to support your antibodies, where your antibodies levels are, whether that's the TPO or the TGA that we mentioned. Um, glutathione is going to be really hugely helpful to support your immune system. I do use essential oils as well. I have a diffuser next to my bed and diffusing with lavender. I can't sleep without my diffuser now. I know some people like have the like little travel ones and bring it with them places. I don't go that far, but I love my diffuser so much. And um, I think that that is something that has been hugely helpful for me in, in getting my sleep. And what else? My other thing that I really enjoy using um, is my cleansing balm. So we haven't really talked too much about this yet, but um, I really love Beauty Counter and I am a Beauty Counter consultant. So I love their cleansing balm. It's like one of the most nourishing things for my entire face. And I usually, I usually use it. You can use it as a cleanser, um, but you can also use it overnight as kind of like a therapeutic mask. So that's what I do. And then two more things and then I'll be done. So acupuncture, I've been doing acupuncture for about two years now. And I love acupuncture so much. It helps with my stress. It helps with gosh, regulating my hormones, that has been a huge, huge help. So the place that I, I go to um, really focuses on balancing hormones and your reproductive system. So acupuncture specifically um, to get my hormones back on track and also getting my cycle back, that has been a huge, huge thing. And then also uh, ghee and butter, I would say, are two things that I add to most of my hot drinks, coffee, um, and teas. And that honestly will go into like a whole separate kind of topic about this in terms of adding certain fats to your diet. And I think that adding the, the ghee and the butter for me has helped me put on a little bit of healthy weight in a way that seems very manageable for me. And I know that that's like a very much deeper conversation. 
<laughs> but adding certain healthy fats and getting more calories into my diet with almost not consciously changing too much of the way that I'm eating has been really, really helpful. So I would say those are, you know, almost supplements as well. So that was a lot <laughs> for not for saying that I'm not taking a lot of things at the moment, but they're all mostly, you know, kind of necessary things that I've really found helpful into into my regime. Cool. And let's see, do we want to answer this last question? I know we've been chatting for a while. We're trying not to go over an hour in some of these podcasts. Let's okay. do it. We'll be quick. Let's we have yeah. to promise each other we're going to be quick. <laughs> we won't go into we won't go into depth on too many of these things. So let us know if you guys want us to talk more about this stuff. Yeah. But do you want to ask it? Okay. So are we going to ask answer number question number two or number three? Two. Number two. Okay. So her second question is: What are your daily slash weekly routines that keep you feeling balanced and happy? Things that you do for yourself to really feel nourished and whole, not necessarily food-wise, maybe other practices, meditation, etc., that you found along the way. Well, I guess I kind of answered some of them, which was, you know, my acupuncture, my essential oils, like things like my cleansing balm for my skincare. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yes, go ahead, answer the question. Yeah, so I'm really in. I love this, this question, by the way, but I'm really into super simple totally manageable, easy to put into your day kind of things. So I'm a huge fan of lemon water. I try to do this every single morning. I even suggest to clients, if you feel like you don't even want to walk to the kitchen and cut the lemon and squeeze it in in the morning, you can prepare it the night before and put it on your bedstand table so that right when you wake up, it's there for you. I think that it helps to jumpstart your digestion. It's very hydrating, a little bit of a hit of vitamin C. Um, and I think it's just a really good way to get a lot of water and hydration in early in the morning. I also love a morning walk. It's truly one of my favorite things. I love listening to podcasts and going on a walk outside. I'm definitely lucky enough to live in LA where it's warm almost year round, but it can get kind of chilly and get in like the forties and I'll bundle up and wear a coat. But I know not everyone can do that at this time of the year. Um, but I love that. I love getting moving in first thing in the morning, especially because I'm often sitting at my desk a lot of the day. Um, I love stretching with a trigger point foam roller. So we, I, I'll link this. It's from Amazon. Um, I've, you guys know, I've struggled with back pain and uh, my legs have like overcompensated over the years and hold a lot, a lot of tension. So I really like rolling out my legs and other parts of my body on this trigger point foam roller. I feel like it really helps to relieve a lot of that built up tension. Matcha is one of my absolute favorite daily routines. I am excited to wake up in the morning because I can have matcha. Um, and I love making it with either like canned coconut milk or my homemade tiger nut milk. Um, I'm also a really big fan of downtime and alone time. So I'm more of an introvert, believe it or not. Most people don't think that when they get to know me. I guess I'm what you would call an extroverted introvert. Like if I like who I'm hanging out with, like Allie, it can bring me out of my shell. (laughs) But I really, really, I restore and rejuvenate with alone time. So I make sure that I, I give myself that when I need it whether that's daily or weekly or whatever it is. And on the other side of that, I also really like human connection. So luckily enough, I live with my fiance and I love hugs and cuddling and just like watching fun shows together and laughing. I think that truly is medicine Uh, or cooking together, like talking. Um, I think it's so important to have someone in your life that you can open up to and express yourself to and, talk about your day or talk about something that's on your mind. I think that's like, that really helps with your overall mood and overall health and a lot of balance in your life. Um, Cooking and meal prepping is a really big deal to me. Um, I like to set myself up to have things that are really easy and really accessible. I'm really a huge fan of lots and lots of greens. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you know that. Um, I like to prep those. When I get home, I wash them and cut them and dry them and put them into a bag with a paper towel to keep fresh for the week. That really little thing makes me super happy. That way they're just super easily easy to grab and cook up. 
And then my mindset, I work a lot on my mindset throughout the week um, in, a, in little ways. So I focus on trying not to be so hard on myself. I focus on acceptance and letting go and a lot of forgiveness. So like I was touching on a little bit of like that diet mentality, you know, if, if I feel like, oh my gosh, I overate a little bit too much. It's like, okay, I forgive myself and I'm not going to punish myself during the next meal. I'm just going to pick back up with what I was doing and maybe have some greens with breakfast. It's 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 all about forgiveness. Like we have to allow ourselves, like we have to give ourselves permission to let go of things and move forward and not stay in that stuck place or beating up on ourself place. So I've really, really worked on that over the years. And then a little bit I was talking about as well last uh, with one of the other questions about um, like protecting the kind of content you're taking in. So I love doing a nice Instagram cleanse, looking through who you follow and unfollowing anyone that you don't resonate with or is, is putting up images or content that just doesn't inspire you. It, it makes you feel worse about yourself. And then um, I love skin brushing, which stimulates the lymphatic system. We can expand more on that maybe on another episode. And I also love castor oil packs, which I wrote about on a blog post if you want to check that out. But they're both great for stimulating um, the lymphatic system, which helps to remove toxins and waste from the body. <laughs> awesome. What about you? Um, well, I did talk a little bit, you know, as I mentioned, like the acupuncture. And um, I did want to touch maybe a little bit more on the beauty counter thing because I kind of just mentioned it. But I don't want to assume that everybody knows what that is. Um, but Beauty Counter is a company that really focuses on clean, clean, non-toxic skincare. They um, remove 1,400 different ingredients out of their um, products. And that became really important to me when I started to try and understand autoimmune and understand hormone imbalance and what am I doing or what could I be doing more that is interfering with some of these other things? What are some of the toxic things I'm still doing in my life? So I think taking care of my skin is almost like a very therapeutic thing for me and kind of holistic healing. Um, so doing things like face masks or setting the time aside to do those type of things. And it really can be like 10 minutes, you know, like their charcoal, the beauty counter charcoal, charcoal mask is like my favorite thing ever. And I can do that in 10 minutes. And that's, you know, just something I did a little bit here and there for my myself during the day. So aside from really taking care of my skin and taking the time to be conscious of what I'm putting on my body, I am huge into yoga and I don't know if we talked about this, but I am also a yoga instructor. I teach and I love, 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 love teaching so much. Um, I kind of fell into yoga pretty hard, pretty quick, drank the Kool-Aid and was just like, how do I do more of this and how do I make it a part of my life? And yoga for me has been a very healing kind of therapeutic way for me to wrap around kind of like my mindset. So I'm pretty opposite in the sense of Chelsea being kind of more an introverted extrovert. I think I'm just an extrovert. I'm not very introverted and unless it comes to kind of like speaking about the things that I've been going through or how I'm feeling about it. I'm kind of introverted in that way. So me doing a podcast and all of a sudden talking about all of this is like you guys like huge for me <laughs> just so you know. And I'm very much like always doing things or always want to be doing things, always want to be surrounded by people. I can go forever and never have any alone time and kind of be okay with that. But so what yoga does for me is kind of gives me that alone time. But then I'm also surrounded by people at the same time, but I'm like in my own head and I can sort through all these things. So yoga is my kind of number one weekly practice that really helps me just feel so, so grounded and good. Another thing that I like about yoga, and I was having this conversation with someone else, is I talked a little bit about, you know, actually gaining weight, which I think is, it's a, it's a bigger, it, not issue, but it's a bigger um, kind of movement than we hear about. Um, so many people are underweight. We, we a lot of times hear about people trying to lose weight, and that's kind of the mentality. But there's a good handful of people out there that really need to instead of tone it down, like tone it up, you know, and start to kind of put on a little bit of healthy weight to get your body back in balance. And that's kind of where my story has come from more so. Um, I love working out, um, anything at the gym, going for a run, like that is my true passion. And fitness is always something that's been super important to me. So yoga is an interesting kind of balance because I found 
a way that I can actually, you know, technically work out and it makes me feel really good in my body and makes me like, it's not like tricking your body, but if you know where I'm coming from and you've been kind of in my, in my similar journey, you understand what I'm saying. It's like, you can work out, but it's so good for you. And there's not going to be, you know, too many negative things that can come from that yet. You're still getting your workout in. So I was coming from a place trying to not work out as much and seeing how I can tone down my workouts. So I'm not overstressing my body and yoga has been something that I can consistently do daily, but not get into that place of, you know, doing too much. So I would say I'll stop it with that, but <laughs> yoga and, and taking care of my skin are two things that I, that I really enjoy that I do for myself. I love it. Awesome. Well, we got through some, but I know. we have more to answer. However, we absolutely like love getting your questions. Allie and I have been texting each other when a new one comes in. It's very exciting for us. So please send in your questions like Ali said earlier, um, you can do so through our website. Um, everything is going to be linked here in the show notes, linked on our Instagrams. You can also follow us on our Instagram account, which is Nutritionish Podcast, mm-hmm. right? At Nutritionish, Nutritionish underscore podcast for the Instagram. Underscore. Yeah. Underscore podcast. And then um, you can also email us anytime at nutritionishpodcast at gmail.com. So lots of ways to get in touch with us. Please, please, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and a review. We have gotten a few awesome reviews, and again, it really, really, really means a lot to us. We want to know that you guys like what we're putting out there so that we keep feeling awesome about doing it. So please make our day and go ahead and leave us a review. It would be awesome. And please subscribe so that a new episode gets downloaded for you every single week. Every Monday morning, you can wake up to us. And then for more from me, Chelsea, head to nutritionwithchelsea.com and follow me over on Instagram at nutritionwithchelsea. For more from Allie, head to barefoodnutrition.com and follow her at barefoodnutrition. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.